It sends a message to every demon in hell and on earth. From Pacifica Radio's KPFK in Los Angeles, this is your broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM in LA, 91.7 FM on the Oregon Central Coast, KYAQ, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Stitcher app, on the TuneIn app, on the iTunes on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation Network, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and many others, including Radio Sputnik, five days a week. You can run, but you can't hide from the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me, from bradblog.com thanks for joining us again for another action-packed thrilling adventure um we uh, i i hope i think i i feel that we may finally be moving out from the breaking news of the uh, horrible terrorist attack last week in south carolina in charleston and maybe uh maybe some good stuff is coming out of this horrible disaster this horrible tragedy um, well, we'll talk about that in, in, in a minute. We'll also talk about what's going on in Congress, where it looks like the Trans-Pacific Partnership, at least fast-track approval for that seemingly horrible trade deal, uh, looks like uh, there's enough Democrats that are going to go along with it in the Senate that this thing is likely to pass in the Senate. It's likely it has already passed in the U.S. House. And it will then be on its way to the president's desk. We will talk about that. And, and this is something we've talked about on this show for a long, long time, including most recently with Congressman Brad Sherman, with Congressman Alan Grayson, both of whom oppose this thing, even while Barack Obama, for some reason, really, really supports it. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, later on in this show, also... Uh, we'll have an update. We've got an update now from the uh, the man who landed his gyrocopter at the U.S. Capitol. You may remember that from several weeks ago. We had Douglas Hughes on this show just after he landed on the Capitol to spread a message about campaign finance uh, reform and about enforcing the very few election rules that we still have concerning campaign finance. We'll have some. We'll have an update on that and an update. On the two federal elections commissioners, the commissioners at the FEC, who have been trying to force their own commission to take action to enforce campaign finance laws. Well, so we'll have an update on that in a little bit. You know, the um, I have been saying for some time that uh, uh, climate change would be the new same-sex marriage in that... Uh, you know, same-sex marriage, I remember it very well, man, when it came to 2004, 
when the fight against it first came to the forefront and it was used in the 2004 election. Disgustingly, to be frank, but it it was that uh, that use at the ballot box that I think ended up hastening same-sex marriage across the entire country, which will be coming soon, if not already, by the time you hear this, based on what the Supreme Court ends up saying. But we've already got it in a majority of states, and it seems like it happened almost overnight. The laws fell, and we realized that, oh, the conservative position when it comes to the Constitution is equality for all, and it happened, and it just changed. And I thought that, and I still do think, that climate change may be the next same-sex marriage in that I think uh, the walls are tumbling down and uh, people are going to realize that climate change denial is no longer a tenable position. And certainly the Pope coming out with his encyclical has changed a lot on that front. So that's good. But at the same time, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, no doubt, But at the same time, uh, another issue sort of has come out of nowhere, and this is coming out of uh, Charleston, and that's the Confederate flag issue, which for years uh, has been a divisive issue among, uh, among Republicans and Democrats. A lot of Democrats used to support that Confederate uh, battle flag. Now that's all falling. We've been talking about this over the last uh, several days. But the last holdouts were generally Republicans on this, and the, it, it, all see, it seems to be pretty much over, just out of nowhere, at least as far as something as simple as the flag goes. Uh, news just since yesterday's broadcast now. The Mississippi House Speaker has called to remove the Confederate battle flag from the Mississippi state flag. It's actually the, the Confederate flag is built into Mississippi's uh, flag. Mississippi House Speaker is a Republican. So that's big. That's big news. In Virginia, Governor Terry McAuliffe, who's a Democrat, has now directed his state to remove it from license plates. You'll recall that the shooter, the now confessed shooter in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, Darren Roth, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, uh, that he uh, had one of those Confederate uh, flag license plates down there in uh, in South Carolina. So Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe has now directed the state to remove it from state license plates. Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam, a Republican, said on Tuesday that he also favors discontinuing license plates that feature the Confederate flag. That's down in Tennessee. Also in Tennessee, uh, U.S. Congressman Jim Cooper, Democrat, uh, and state House Minority Le- and the state House Minority Leader Craig Fitzhugh, also a Democrat, said that the bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest has no place in the Tennessee State House. Forrest was a Confederate general and leading figure in the early days of the Ku Klux Klan. So, of course, his bust is in the State House down in Tennessee. He was elected as the first Grand Wizard of the organization. The Ku Klux Klan, not the Tennessee State House. That's the highest possible rank in the Ku Klux Klan. Though uh, he later, in fairness, he later left the group and he advocated for social and political advancement of blacks, at least according to a report in the Commercial Appeal of Memphis. Tennessee Republican Party Chairman Ryan Haynes says he believes the bust should be removed from the Capitol as well. So both Republicans and Democrats calling for that down in Tennessee. Tennessee. 
Walmart is now uh, announcing that they are removing all Confederate uh, flag branded merchandise from their shelves. Guess that means there'll be no more Dukes of Hazard toys, I guess. Robert E. Lee car. Uh, so that's uh, something. Uh, eBay is also going to ban the sale of Confederate flag merchandise, according to CNN. Oh, well, I'm just surprised. Yeah. I, actually, I'm not surprised that eBay is doing this. I'm surprised that Walmart had the Confederate flag merchandise available for sale in the first place. Well, why? That's very, it's very popular. The, I know it's uh, very not popular. Not just down in the South, or the rebel flag, the... Uh, I know surprised? it's very popular, but so, you know, among a certain sect of Americans, so is uh, blatantly racist imagery that uh, also sells very well online and on places like eBay. But why Walmart as a retailer and the largest uh, private, I think they're the largest private employer in the world, why they would handle that as their merchandise is really surprising. Because we as a country have had a huge disagreement over that for for decades now. And uh, if not more than that, you know, going all the way back to the Civil War, obviously the biggest uh, uh, disagreement you could possibly have. True. You know, and until now, you've had a lot of people saying that this is a racist symbol. You've had a lot of people saying it's 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 not. It's a symbol of our heritage and and heroism or some nonsense like that. In fact, Bill Kristol. You know him, the right winger Bill Crystal, the one who brought us brought the world world Sarah Palin. Uh, he tweeted today that the left's the left's 21st century agenda expunging every trace of respect, recognition, or acknowledgement of Americans who fought for the Confederacy. So, should we have respect? Recognition and acknowledgement of Americans uh, who fought for the Confederacy? who fought to commit treason, who killed for the name uh, in the name of treason, who killed in the name of preserving the immoral act of slavery. Uh, I don't know that uh, that's what the, quote, the left's 21st agenda is, expunging every trace of respect. But if that's what it is, okay. I can't, uh, I, I have... Uh, no time for respect for those people. I'll tell you what has struck me as odd, though, about this whole thing is, uh, frankly, the, the the flag thing. I understand. I certainly understand why African Americans would want that flag down. I mean, it's you know akin to a a, a Nazi flag hanging up, you know, <laughs> for Jews, which would be insane and would be outrageous. But for some reason, for uh, decades, if not longer, uh, that a Confederate flag has hung out uh, as a symbol in people's faces at, uh, at Capitol buildings. Uh, so I can understand why uh, not just African-Americans, but anyone with common sense and decency would want to take it down. What I don't understand is why people would want it up in the first place. But I should add, it's not just... The Confederate flag that I feel that way about, it's any flag. It's the American flag. The, fly the American flag. That's fine. I just don't understand why people are so attached to these flags. It's a piece of cloth with some color on it, probably made in China. And yet people get so, so truly upset, you know, if it's just like, like this is supposed to be America itself. It's not, you know, it's like you said, it's a piece of cloth with colors on it. By the way, that's our producer, Desi Doyen. 
And uh, I had asked uh, you, Des, to, to try to figure out. Now, you, you've actually called, because I, I wanted to talk to a flag expert about this, and we still may, to explain what this means, you know, why people give a damn about flags in the way that they do. I understand, you know, it's like a team jersey. I guess you like your, 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 your Yankees team jersey. But this is, you know, much more than that. This is, you know, verges on... Pathological? Uh, well, not just pathological, but it verges on worshiping an, a, a false idol, to be frank. You know, we, we've made laws against burning the American flag, which, were, of course, were found to be unconstitutional. But, uh, you know, w what you can do with the flag, what you can't do with the flag, it's a piece of cloth with color on it. You know, as I've said, probably made in China. Uh, what is this worshiping of the flag? I don't get it. And it's not, of course, it's not just unique to, to the United States. At least I don't think it is. That's kind of why I wanted to talk to like an expert. And, and you ended up, you called, I think, the, the Smithsonian. I called the Smithsonian. I called the American, the, the Smithsonian's American uh, History Museum. And they actually have forwarded me to another flag expert, specifically on the Confederate flag, because, of course, there's so much history and sociology and anthropology, Which if you is will, fine. that goes with that. They're called vexillology. That's what a, a flag expert is called? A, a vex vexillologist. A vexillologist. So maybe we'll Just have so a vexillologist you know. on this show. <laughs> I, you know, and, and it's not so much the, uh, the Confederate flag I'm interested in. It's just flags in right. general. I don't get it. I don't get why people worship them the way they do. So uh, so maybe, that, yeah, maybe you can look forward to that on the broadcast. Um, but what's interesting with all of this, as these walls are falling and uh, as it's, again, not just as Bill Crystal likes to say, the left's 21st, uh, 21st century agenda. This is Republicans. You know, it was Nikki Haley who uh, came forward on uh, Monday with her press conference and said it's time to take down the flag. And it is Republicans in the, uh, the state legislature who are saying it's time to take it down. And they'll have to say it because it apparently requires a two-thirds vote to remove it from the... Uh, from the, the 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 Confederate memorial they have out in front of the state capitol, but it's interesting. Uh, Darren Roth, uh, the shooter in South uh, South Carolina, wanted to start a, a new race war. Uh, ironically enough, it looks like instead he may have helped to finally bring an end to the previous one. So there's that. 150 years later. Meanwhile, in the uh, in the U.S. Congress today, specifically in the U.S. Senate, uh, the TPA, the Trans-Pacific Partnerships, uh, uh, the, well, this is actually the, uh, the 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 Trade Pact Agreement, Fast Track Authority for the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and for many other uh, trade agreements that will move forward. This uh, today passed at least. Uh, it received cloture to shut down any filibuster. Senate voted 60 to 37 for cloture in the debate on fast-tracking the TPP. And so a vote on the bill is now expected on Wednesday in the U.S. Senate. That will match the one that was uh, already passed in the U.S. House. That does not have the TAA, which is the Trade Authority, uh, what, what's it called? Trade, trade Assistance. Uh, trade uh, Adjustment uh, Assistance, which basically uh, is a fund that helps people who have lost their jobs thanks to these crappy trade agreements. 
that had been coupled with the uh, with the fast track bill, but it is no longer coupled with the fast track bill. This is moving ahead now. The only so it appears that the only hope is that President Obama, who really favors fast track authority on this on this deal, which means it's going to get an up or down vote, the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership and others like it for years and years. Uh, he favors it. The only hope is that he has said he will not sign this bill unless trade adjustment assistance is going to move forward. And that's something that Democrats support. Uh, I've been trying to figure out, along with everybody else in this uh, country who opposes these uh, terrible trade deals, these trade deals that have just devastated the middle class over the past 30 years, at least since, uh, since NAFTA was passed, I've been trying to figure out what the hell is it that Barack Obama favors about this. We've talked with congressmen on this show, Congress members who, who oppose the deal, but uh, why does Barack Obama favor it, and why do some Democrats favor it? Because Democrats were needed in order to get cloture in the U.S. Senate today. Among the Democrats who voted for cloture on Fast Track on Tuesday, Michael Bennett of Colorado, Senator Maria Cantwell of Washington, Tom Carper of Delaware, Chris Coons of Delaware, Diane Feinstein of California. Oh, thanks, DiFi. Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, Tim Kaine of Virginia, Claire McCaskill of Missouri, Patty Murray of Washington, Bill Nelson of Florida, Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, and Mark, Mark Warner of Virginia, and Ron Wyden of Oregon who is uh, quite often very good on progressive issues. He was very good on uh, on the NSA spying fight. So what is it that Barack Obama and these Democrats know about this trade deal that we don't? Here was Ron Wyden arguing in favor of cloture today in the U.S. Senate. If you believe that those policies of the 1990s failed to protect American workers and strengthen our economy, this is our chance to set a new course. This is our chance to put in place higher standards in global trade on matters like labor rights and environmental protection, shine some real sunlight on trade agreements, and ensure that our country writes the rules of the road. The fact is, in 2015, globalization is a reality. So our choice is either to move now, get into the center of the ring and fight for a stronger economic future, protect our workers and promote our values, or remain tethered to many of those old policies of the 1990s. I say to the Senate today, if you believe like me that it is time once and for all to close the books on the North American free trade era in trade, this legislation deserves your support. This legislation raises the bar and demands more from our trade negotiators than ever before. We've talked a lot about a race to the bottom. My view is if our country doesn't fight to protect worker rights and the environment with tough environment enforceable trade agreements, those priorities are going to wither away. That was Ron Wyden, Senator, <clears throat> Democratic Senator from Oregon, talking about 
why uh, Fast Track Authority for the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership and other trade deals like it should move forward. There will be a vote on that on Wednesday. Obviously, he favors that along with President Barack Obama. We have spent a lot of time on this show talking about the concerns about TPP. Uh, talking about why it's a no good, uh, uh, terrible deal, very bad, terrible deal, however they say that. Um, One of the problems with it is, is it's a secret. We can't look and see what it actually is. So it's damn near impossible to tell uh, which Democrat is right on this deal. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, who say it's terrible and it's a continuation of, of policies which have stifled the middle class for decades, or if it's the wonderful deal that you just heard Ron Wyden talking about. Ron Wyden and, by the way, the president of the United States, who says that this that the TPP will correct a lot of the problems with the North American Free Trade Agreement, with NAFTA, that passed uh, 35 years ago, was signed under Bill Clinton, supported also by Republicans, and resulted in that giant sucking sound of jobs moving to Mexico and overseas that Ross Perot had talked about. So it's impossible to know, but I wanted to be uh, to fair to give you an idea. And by the way, uh, Ron Wyden, he's from Oregon. They sell a lot of raw material and a lot of uh, like uh, timber, lumber, and uh, that will get shipped overseas to places in uh, along the Pacific Pacific Rim where they will now manufacture products that will then be sold back to the U.S. So, you know, states like Oregon and Washington, where these uh, Democratic senators favor this bill, that is one explanation as to why they might. It could do well for their state. All right. Um, when we come back, uh, Sean McElwee will be joining us from Demos. We've been speaking about, uh, well... The shooting in South Carolina, the reasons for it, and there was a bit of a, a fight that came out on Fox News about whether they are partially to blame for what happened, partially to blame for Dylan Roth's manifesto and racism. Well, now we've got some data that we can look at concerning Fox News and racism and conservatives people who describe themselves as conservatives who actually watch fox news and oh are they more racist than conservatives who do not sean McElwee will be joining us momentarily quick break i'm brad friedman this is your bradcast please stay tuned hey this is brad do you enjoy your non-corporatized commercial-free bradcast Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. All right, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. 
Uh, we had talked before the break about uh, the, the Confederate uh, flag, that they're going to no longer sell that on uh, eBay. And at Walmart, we have word just in that Amazon is about to do the same thing as well, even though they've got some 29,000 products, apparently, according to CNN, that are for sale on uh, on Amazon with the Confederate flag on them. So if you want to get them, you better run over to Amazon right now and get ready. Because they're, uh, they're going away, and I should say that's good news. Okay, uh, yesterday on this, uh, on this program, we had played this, uh, this fight, if you will, between uh, Bill O'Reilly and uh, a state senator in uh, South Carolina, Todd Rutherford, uh, a Democrat, after he had gone on CNN and seemed to blame uh, media outlets like Fox News for uh, for the uh, racist manifesto, the racist screed from uh, Darren Roth, uh, who has now admitted to shooting uh, nine parishioners in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Here's what the state senator had to say. He did so based on some ill ill gotten belief on some on some wrong belief that it's okay to do that. He hears that because he watches the news and he watches things like Fox News, uh, where they where they talk about things that they call news, but they're really not. They use that coded language. They use hate speech. They talk about the president as if he's not the president. That was State Senator uh, Todd, uh, State Rep, I'm sorry, State Rep Todd Rutherford uh, speaking on CNN and uh, saying that uh, this kid, this shooter, he's not a kid, he's 21 years old, uh, may have been influenced by right-wing media like Fox News. Now, Bill O'Reilly took great exception to this, had uh, State Rep Todd Rutherford on the show the next day to talk about it. Here's a clip of uh, what was uh, sort of a screaming match that uh, evolved uh, or devolved in this case between uh, Bill O'Reilly and Todd Rutherford. You going to stand by that? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's disturbing. Oh, I know you're upset, I, I, and I know it's an emotional day. It, it, no, no, it, it is disturbing, but it is disturbing to most African Americans to watch as Fox News continues to cover stories as to whether the president is truly the president. Okay, he was I, born I don't know. I don't know anybody on this network. I don't and, know anybody again, on this network who does that. No, no one. And I see. Everything here. <laughs> no one. He, Bill Riley knows no one who, who does that. No one who race baits. No one who talks about uh, whether the president is actually a citizen of the U.S. or not. Uh, Bill Riley has never seen that. I asked Eric Bullard of Media Matters about that uh, about that issue yesterday, and if Scott, uh, if, if Fox News uh, was, was to blame in any way here, given that Darren Roth came out, the uh, the shooter in South Carolina, that he came out and and said he looked up uh, you know racist stuff online, the Conservative Citizens Council, and he found a lot of uh, far right wing stuff, including you know blaming the death of Trayvon Martin on Trayvon Martin and saying that uh, George Zimmerman was clearly in the right. I asked Eric Bullard. Uh, does Fox News have any blame? They have not been mentioned yet specifically by the shooter. I will say I think Fox dodged an enormous bullet, and I guarantee you they were petrified as this story played out. And I guarantee you they were petrified when there was news of this manifesto found. Uh, because if this guy had sung their praise in public, it would have been a political or a, a public relations nightmare for them. Uh, just the way it was when Glenn Beck was cited by people who uh, embraced insurrection, insurrection as violence. So uh, I'm sure Fox was terrified that they were going to be connected with this, and, and I think they dodged a bullet. So therefore, if, if 
Dylan so is far. not talking so about far. so far. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if if you know, there'll be confessions, there'll be deposition. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what else? You know, he'll, he'll have to speak more about his motivation. Uh, but for now, if he's not talking about it, then I don't really think you can go after them. Uh, on, a, on, on a more general sense, there's no question that the right-wing media uh, has engaged in extraordinary uh, race-baiting uh, since Obama was inaugurated. And there's no doubt that uh, we have seen a rise in, in, in far-right uh, white supremacy violence uh, in this country over the last six or seven years. That was Eric Bullock. Speaking of uh, Media Matters, speaking on the broadcast yesterday, uh, Sean McElwee, writing at Salon on Tuesday, says that Fox News has for years come under criticism for its racially charged coverage. Just recently, in January of last year, Isaac Chotner wrote that Fox News creates segments, quote, meant to scare its white audience into believing that African-Americans or Muslims are out to get them. And I actually, uh, I think uh, Eric Bullard gave Fox News a pass. Uh, he was very generous, which is uncharacteristically like Eric when it comes to Fox News. Uh, I think we still have a lot to learn about this and where it was that Darren Roth got his, uh, he got his mindset on all of this. Uh, here now to talk about all of this is Sean McElwee. He's a research associate at Demos and a frequent contributor at Salon and Al Jazeera America. His work has been featured in the Atlantic, the Rolling Stone, and you can and should follow him on the Twitters at Sean McElwee. His latest piece at Salon is titled Fox News's Shocking Racism Effect, the Alarming Statistical Relationships Underneath Conservative Viewing Habits. That's right. We now have data. We can look at this empirically and see how and if Fox News, frankly, makes its uh, viewers uh, more racist, or if that's how they got there in the first place. Uh, Sean McElwee, welcome, sir, to the broadcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, well, you did an actual study looking at actual data to determine the effect of Fox News on its viewers. Uh, You used uh, the 2012 American National Election Studies data to determine whether Fox News viewers have distinct racial attitudes and you argue that it can be demonstrated that indeed these viewers are more likely to reject the reality of structural racism and to endorse negative stereotypes of black people. What does that mean, and what did you find, Sean McElwee? Well, in the wake of the tragedy, um, I was going through the American National Election Studies database because mm-hmm. I wanted to look at racial attitudes in Confederate and non-Confederate states, and then across the political spectrum. And while I was digging around, I uh, found that one of the questions was it asked respondents whether they regularly consumed uh, Fox News. And I thought, this is interesting because a lot of people have been pointing to Fox News and conservative media outlets. So I was wondering, you know, what, what is the, what, who watches Fox News and what are their racial attitudes? Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I first looked at just all whites. And I found very, very big gaps. Um, in terms of the share of people who are, who are watching Fox News and not watching Fox News, first on the reality of structural racism. So these are questions like how much discrimination remains in society. And if you say little or no discrimination, I say, you, you know, you, you deny the reality of structural racism. Uh, other questions are like, uh, does slavery still continue to have effects on society today? Um, if blacks would only try harder, they could be as successful as whites. And that other... Uh, other groups like the Italians and Irish work their way up. Blacks should do the same. 
And, and on now, those, those questions, let me just uh, clarify, those questions were already asked back in uh, in 2012. But were these uh, exit poll studies, or wh- wh- where was this data from? The American National Election Study is a very large survey. It's mm-hmm. 5,000 people, or more than 5,000 people in 2012. It's been happening for more than 50 years, every election, and it's what wow. political scientists, it's probably the most authoritative authoritative database we have on public okay. opinion. So it's, it's very reputable. Okay. Um, and so, yes, this is part of the structural racism or racial resentment battery. Mm-hmm. And so... I looked at those issues. I found a 17-point difference in terms of the percentage of whites who were agreeing on those structural issues. Then I looked at interpersonal racism. Be- between whites, I'm sorry, between whites and, and who, uh, who was the difference between just oh, between yeah, whites? Whites and, who watch Fox News and whites who do not watch Fox News. A seven, really, a 17-point difference, uh, people who agreed uh, that uh, blacks need to do the same, the, to pull themselves up the way Irish, Italians, and Jews did, and so forth, uh, versus whites who do not watch Fox News. Right. So, okay. the, so the blacks should work their way up um, just like other mm-hmm. groups like Irish and, uh, and Italians. Uh, that is a 22-point difference in terms of the share of whites who agree with that, who do not watch Fox News and do watch Fox News. And the average across all the structural racism questions was mm-hmm. a 17-point difference. I got you. Right. So then I looked at racial stereotyping. Um, and this is on a 1 to 7 scale, do you think blacks are hardworking, being 1, or lazy, being 7? Mm-hmm. Where would you put that? Um, anyone who, who was between 5 and 7, I coded as stereotyping mm-hmm. African-Americans as lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that question, there was a 13-point difference. For intelligence, there was a five-point difference. And then for uh, the, the last question was just, do African-Americans have too much influence over politics? The gap was even larger. That was a 19-point difference between whites who watch and do not watch Fox News. So that wow. suggests that people who watch Fox News are far more likely to have negative stereotypes about blacks. The last one is particularly worrying because it's important to remember that a lot of these white supremacist groups are based around the idea that blacks have too much power in politics and that they need to be silenced in some way. Um, you see that as a motivating factor. And finally, I looked at the, at the government role. Mm-hmm. So should the government ensure fair treatment in the workplace, and should government aid blacks or should blacks help themselves? And here, again, 17-point uh, gaps. But what's interesting is that these gaps remain even if we look only at conservative whites who watch Fox News and do not watch Fox News. On structural racism, a 13-point gap. Interpersonal rela- uh, racism or racial stereotyping, an 11-point gap. And on the government role, a 12-point gap. So we're still finding major gaps. And these remain even after we control for age. Uh-huh. And they exist even though uh, people who watch Fox News don't really have any income difference, at least in this sample. Uh, there is lem- no income difference. Yeah, so let me uh, try to make sure that I'm understanding uh, your analysis here. First, mm-hmm. I- I- you, you looked at uh, just uh, white people and how they feel about African Americans, and uh, there was a huge difference between those who that watch, the white people who watch Fox and the white people who do not. Then... You looked at only people, only white people who self-identify as conservatives, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they might not watch Fox News, but they consider themselves a conservative. If they are a conservative who does watch Fox News, they are far more likely, it seems, according to this data, 
uh, to believe in racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and deny structural racism. And deny structural racism. Now, your study, of course, uh, as they like to say, uh, correlation is not causation, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't know, is it Fox News that is actually causing these people to feel this way, or are they just more inclined, uh, because they have these more racist attitudes, they are drawn to Fox News uh, for some unexplained reason at this point, right? Your, your study does not look at that aspect, correct? Right. So there's no way okay. using ANES to compare, like, say, mm-hmm. someone before and after they were watching Fox News. But I argue in the piece mm-hmm. that this is actually somewhat irrelevant because even were it the opposite way, which is that people who have negative stereotypes about blacks seek out Fox News, mm-hmm. I still consider that to be a deep indictment of the way that Fox News uh portrays the news, right? That people who are racist are actively seeking out this channel. That there is some reason why someone who might be a racist might want to go and watch Fox News. There's something something that is drawing them, right? Right. And it's worth noting, by the way, that the uh, the survey does include a question about whether or not you watch the O'Reilly factor. Mm-hmm. And I found that in addition to the gap that already exists with Fox News, there's another two points on the structural racism uh, virtually the same on stereotyping, and two points on government uh, intervention uh, to aid blacks. So you can even say that Bill O'Reilly has more on top of the already effect of Fox News, so he could be even more of a problem than just Fox News. But again, these, these the gaps between Fox News and, and Bill O'Reilly are rather small, but worth noting. But worth noting, because in every single one of these questions, uh, and I'm looking through your, your article, and you've got these great graphs that are, are very helpful, uh, in almost every single one, you see that no matter how uh, white people in general feel, no matter how white conservatives feel, uh, the folks who are white conservative and watch, uh, watch Bill O'Reilly are more so than the other subsets. That they are, uh, you know, have have more racist feelings, or, or they, uh, you know, th- think there's a, a governmental a structural problem uh, when it comes to African Americans. Does that uh, uh, tell us, uh, Sean McElwee? Does does that tell us? Boy, I, you know, the bigger question that I was talking with Eric Bollert about yesterday, you know, when he says he, he feels that Fox dodged a bullet so far because uh, Darren Roth had, you know, didn't yet name Fox News. It seems to me that there's this this zeitgeist, this undercurrent. You know, he mentioned uh, Trayvon Martin and, and George Zimmerman. And, you know, it was Fox News that was in the forefront of defending George Zimmerman and saying that this was all Trayvon Martin's fault. It seems to me that Fox News is part of that zeitgeist of, uh, you know, the exactly the things that you're talking about in your article that uh, that the uh, American National Election Studies data looked at. So do you feel looking at this data that there is any culpability, if not specifically for the shooting in South Carolina, but in general for these you know, church bombings and attacks, you know, have been actually up over the past couple of decades. A lot of I was looking at data for church fires and, and, and attacks and so forth. You would think that it was the 50s and the 60s and the 70s where it was at its worst. No, actually, it, you know, exploded in the 90s. And we're seeing a lot of attacks still in the 2000s to the present. So, do they have any culpability here for for this, or is this just uh, hey they have a political point of view and you know 
racists are just attracted to that political point of view for some unspecified reason. So, so Margaret here is I, I can't, I do not, we do not know enough, I don't think, about Roof yet to know really anything. But what I think we can say is that it's very clear that Fox News is playing on uh, the, the racism and the latent racial resentment of many whites in the country. And you can see that on their coverage of the Ground Zero Mosque. You can see that on their coverage of the Trayvon Martin case. It's very clear. And if you know about the history of Roger Ailes, who was very intimate to the development and mobilization of the Southern strategy mm-hmm. and of, uh, of racism as a mobilizing force for white Southerners and for whites in general towards the Republican Party, it's not hard to draw the connection with the the Fox News uh, reporting. And what's very interesting is I started looking into research to kind of back up what I was finding, and there's a good amount of evidence that Fox News is has a powerful effect on shifting its uh, viewers in favor of the Republican Party. So, for instance, um, Fox News developed very rapidly between mm-hmm. 1996 and 2000. And so there were researchers who were able, and I discussed in the article, to look at how much Fox News had sh- shifted mm-hmm. in the areas where it was most viewed, and they found that it has a, between a 0.4 and a 0.7 percentage point boost in the counties where it was most prevalent. Shifted the, the actual, yeah, exactly, shifted the electorate uh, to mm-hmm. Republicans. So when Fox News came out, all of a sudden, in these pockets, wherever Fox News was available, suddenly voters were uh, were more Republican by a measurable number, according mm-hmm. to this uh, pretty new report, correct? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of evidence here that Fox News has, an, I mean, this is the, the most viewed mm-hmm. news channel, and for them to be so frequently uh, race-baiting is, I think, very worrying for a racial dialogue in the country. And what really worries me the most is the structural racial issues. Um, you know, even if you look across the data, there, the racial stereotyping, there is the bounce, but there isn't as big. What, what really worries me is that we're going to become a nation where we're very inculcated against things like the KKK, and we'll, we're very inculcated against David Duke. We know that's bad. We know you shouldn't say the N-word on TV. But people feel okay saying that, oh, discrimination is over. Uh, you know, African Americans just need to work their way up. They just need to try harder. And uh, we'll, we'll end up creating a, a environment in which it's almost impossible to make the case for racial justice. And that's what is really willing to me. And that's the drumbeat that Fox News is consistently putting out there, that racism is over, racism is a thing of the past. I mean, they actually, we played a clip yesterday from Eric Bowling, who is, I think, on every single Fox News show. Uh, host, he hosts every single show, I think, over at Fox Now. Uh, he's saying, last year, January of 2014, racism is over. It's a thing of the past. And not only does he say that, and, and many others on Fox News say that, but that also makes its way into you know the Supreme Court when they had when they came down with their decision on the Voting Rights Act last summer in the uh, summer of uh, 2014, I believe it was, base, or 2013. I've lost track at this point. Uh, but basically, uh, John Roberts came out and you know said the same thing that this this is not the 60s, that things have changed, that we don't have the same kind of racial issues that we had before. Uh, maybe we don't have the same type of racial issues that we had before, but we have uh, many of the uh, many racial issues, and they clearly still continue to this day. But Fox News 
is apparently in the business of denying they even exist. Uh, Sean McElwee, before I let you go, you had mentioned the Southern strategy. And for folks who don't understand and how uh, uh, Roger Ailes, who runs Fox News, uh, can you just explain what that Southern strategy is and what Roger Ailes' uh, relationship was to that Southern strategy? Absolutely. So the Southern strategy is essentially to racialize to as much as possible uh, welfare state programs and programs that benefit the middle class. So there's a great book by Martin Gillens called, like, Why Do Americans Hate Welfare? And I found this myself looking at ANES. You'll ask people, do you, want, do you support welfare? They'll say no. But you ask them, do you support aid to the poor? They say yes. <laughs> well, why is that? Well, it's because politicians, conservative politicians like Ronald Reagan, have made an extensive effort to connect welfare programs mm-hmm. with black women. Right. So when people think of welfare, what they think of is my money going to black people, Mm -hmm. people of color. And that is a way to essentially play off of the racial resentment that existed after the Civil Rights Act, after the Voting Rights Act, to get whites, particularly poor middle class whites in the South, to vote against their own interest and vote for the Republican Party. And what ails is, and ails has Mm -hmm. always had some part in this, and as an advisor of sort of stoking these racial resentments. I mean, if you look at Fox News, uh, the crime is always portrayed as black-on-black crime. Mm-hmm. And the people who are showing, and these are studies that have actually examined when mainstream television shows and when Fox News show people receiving welfare, what that those people are going to be people of color disproportionately. Uh, and so it essentially racializes these sorts of economic issues and thereby tears down the welfare state. Uh, Ian Haney Lopez has called this dog whistle politics, and it still exists to this day. Well, Newt Gingrich yeah. ca- calling Obama the food staff president. Uh, Rick Santorum famously said the government's taking your money and giving it to blahs. Um, <laughs> the entire Tea Party is essentially founded on the idea that white bankers should get money but people of color and, and low-income people should not be should not be bailed out of their houses. So it, this is it's still pervasive today, and it still exists. Mm-hmm. And Fox News's brilliance is when you point that out, you're the racist, not not them, but you're the racist. Right. Um, and, and this is why it it makes it so hard. And this is why I think it's really important to note these realities about Fox News. Uh, their hands are not clean when it comes to uh, racial discourse in the United States. And just to finish connecting that dot, Roger Ailes also, he worked for Richard Nixon, and it was after uh, uh, the the LBJ uh, civil rights era, it was uh, Richard Nixon who essentially decided, along with Pat Buchanan, who worked for Richard Nixon back then, who, who then decided, okay, let's go ahead and do this dividing strategy. Uh, you know, we, we may lose a lot of votes, but we will win more votes and win more states. And Roger Ailes was a part of that back then with uh, with Richard Nixon, actually talked about back then the idea of a Republican news channel. And of course, decades later, Roger Ailes finally got his Republican news channel in Fox News, uh, which continues that Southern strategy, it seems, to this day. Maybe things will change after Charleston, uh, but probably not. Fox News, shocking racism effect, the alarming statistical relationship underneath conservative viewing habits, written over at Salon Today by Sean McElwee. Sean, uh, great to have you here. Really appreciate you looking at this uh, on a 
you know, on a statistical measure, stuff that we can actually look at and make sense of uh, rather than, uh, you know, doing what I do and, and just going out and calling Fox names. So I appreciate that, Sean. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back with an update on the gyrocopter guy, Douglas Hughes, who tried to bring attention to the need for campaign finance reform a couple of months ago. We had him on this show. We will talk about that. And the FEC commissioners who, it has been determined, are not actually persons. All of that and more on your broadcast straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Hi, this is U.S. Postal Worker Doug Hughes. I'm the guy who flew the gyrocopter onto the lawn of the U.S. Capitol building to bring attention to the need for campaign finance reform. And you're listening to the Bradcast. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. So it turns out the FEC commissioners themselves are not persons. Corporations are people, as we all know. We all know this. If you if you follow the Supreme Court, if you follow a federal election laws, co- corporations are people. They have all the rights that actual people have. And, uh, and really, frankly, none of the downside. They don't have to go to jail. They never die. They don't. So uh, anyway, uh, corporations are people. We all know that. Oh, and they get to give uh, unlimited amounts because they're people. They get to give as much money as they want to elections, just like people, because, you know, it's free speech. Uh, we've talked many times on this show about the Federal Election Commission and uh, how they are trying, at least the Democratic appointees to that commission, are trying to enforce what remaining election law there uh, still is on the books that the Supreme Court has not destroyed. And in fact, uh, there, are, there are quite a few laws, but we spoke, uh, I think it was a week or so ago, uh, with uh, someone from Public Citizen who has uh, been fighting this long suit now for years concerning Karl Rove and Crossroads GPS and how uh, they spent millions of dollars in dark money for the 2010 elections. And back then, millions of dollars, I think it was like $20, 50000000 million. Now that's chump change. But they spent millions of dollars of dark money, meaning money they did not declare because it was given to them uh, as a nonprofit social welfare group, which they are not. They are a political organization, and they should have declared that at the time, which means they would have had to disclose those donors, and there would have been limits on on how much those donors could give. But Karl Rove laughs at such things because he knows there's a federal election commission that has six members, three Republican appointees, three Democratic appointees, and where they used to work things out together Now Mitch McConnell has appointed three political operatives to the Federal Election Commission who have no interest in enforcing federal election laws. And so two of the commissioners, 
Uh, Anne Ravel and Ellen Weintraub, two of the Democratic commissioners, have actually filed a petition with the FEC to try to force the FEC to do their jobs. The same thing that this uh, lawsuit filed by uh, a public citizen and other groups are actually trying to accomplish. They're trying to accomplish it via a petition to petition themselves and their four, uh, four co-chair people on the, uh, on the FEC. Well... They're not allowed to do that, apparently, according to uh, at least three of the commissioners. Federal Election Commissioner Ellen Weintraub appeared on HuffPost Live on Monday to express frustration that the FEC considers corporations people, but doesn't consider FEC commissioners to be people. They're saying that this petition to force the FEC to do the job to do their job is not legitimate. Because they're not people. Here's Ellen Weintraub, one of the FEC commissioners, uh, talking to uh, HuffPost Live about it. We actually did uh, try to file that. We filed that petition and we tried to put it out for public comment at our uh, meeting last week. And our colleagues said that um, even though the rules say that any interested person can file a petition, that we weren't actually persons. So uh, they wouldn't let us go forward on that. So they were not allowed to go forward on it because they're not actually persons. They're commissioners. And apparently you lose your right to be a person once you are a commissioner of the FEC, according to this broken FEC. And of course, the uh, the host on HuffPost Live made all kinds of jokes about the idea that people or corporations are people, but apparently people are no longer people. And they suggested that Ellen Weintraub, maybe she just needs to become a corporation. And then the FEC would listen to her. I am holding on to my humanity. I refuse to incorporate. I believe that I have rights as a human being, and I'm, and I'm holding on to them. So she won't do it. She won't file as a corporation. She insists that being a person makes her a person in this country. Silly Ellen Weintraub. In the meantime... According to AP, a man who flew a gyrocopter through some of America's most restricted airspace before landing at the U.S. Capitol says he's rejected a plea officer, a plea offer in the case that would have involved several years in prison. That's right. Douglas Hughes attended a status hearing meeting earlier this uh, this week in federal court in Washington, D.C. He said in a telephone interview with AP before the hearing that he had rejected the offer that included significant jail time because it just didn't seem uh, right that for an act of civil be- uh, dif- disobedience in which no one got hurt, he should have to face jail time. In April, Hughes uh, flew onto the lawn, the West Lawn at the uh, U.S. Capitol to try to bring attention to the need for federal election reform. We had him on this show to talk about it just days after because all the media could do was talk about the fact that, oh, my God, somebody in a gyrocopter landed on the lawn. It's a security breach, security breach. Never mind the fact that uh, this postal worker was hoping to deliver 535 letters to uh, to members of Congress asking them to do something about federal election reform and to enforce the laws that we have on the books at the very least. So now Hughes is facing uh, it's incredible. Uh, he's now facing charges that carry up to nine and a half years in prison for this thing in which nobody got hurt. He clearly, he had even told uh, officials in advance he was going to do this thing. Faces nine and a half years in prison. 
including uh, two felony uh, two felonies for operating as an airman without an airman certificate, violating aircraft registration requirements, misdemeanor charges of operating a vehicle falsely labeled as a postal carrier because the tail section of Hughes's gyrocopter carried a postal service logo, which he told us on this show he actually bought and paid for uh, online. But that carries a statutory maximum of six months in prison, potential fines. Uh, the indictment says he, if he's convicted uh, on one or both felonies, prosecutors will ask a judge to order him to forfeit his gyrocopter on and on uh, for uh, an act of civil disobedience. So they offered him a plea deal. Douglas Hughes says, no, I don't want a plea deal. I'll take this thing to trial. And what I'm hoping is that a jury uh, either says this is ridiculous, we're not going to convict him, there may be laws against what he did, but uh, he doesn't deserve to be convicted. I hope there's, there's some kind of jury nullification for what happened here. Uh, because the idea that he should face jail time, <clears throat> that federal prosecutors are even trying to force him to face jail time, uh, make a plea deal where, you know, he's got to clean up a litter on the side of the street or something or pay a fine or something. But go to jail, go to jail for this. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. That's our federal system right now. Go figure. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, today to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and to my guest, Sean McElway of McElwee of salon we'll be back with you same brad time same brad channel tomorrow until then if you missed any portion of our program please please download it at bradblog.com or go on over to itunes download it there and while you're there please give us a good review makes it a little bit easier for other people to find the program as well you can also find me and follow me on the twitters at the brad blog and you can write me email saying anything you like my email address is bradcast at bradblog.com, and yes, I read them. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>